Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. How's it going, everybody? It's your boy TJ Sutherland, aka I Am Vengeance, here on the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. As always, our new shows go live on the first and third Monday of every month, and you can find all of our previous shows on our website, which is foreverinelectricdreams.com. You can also get us on all the usual social outlets under Forever Electric. So, this week, I'm joined by uh, show stalwart Dan Collicott, aka the Clown Prince of Crime. Nice, love it. Great to be here. And friend of the show and our regular guest, uh, Dennis Jose Francois, aka Riddle Me This. Je suis revenge. Like it. I actually had a riddle prepared to kind of throw in there, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. What has branches and leaves and no bark? Branches and leaves and no bark. A bank? Close, not quite. Done a, a library. Uh, uh, maybe I should have been a red. Anyway, so in case you hadn't guessed it, today's topic of discussion will be um, kind of a discussion and review of the latest installment of the Batman franchise, which is what eight movies deep now. I think we worked out. Or was it nine? Eight or nine? Um, so. Yeah, um, latest uh, installment of the franchise, The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves and starring uh, Mr. R. Pats as the man under the cowl. Um, so, yeah, of course, just to give you a heads up, we're going to be discussing the movie quite in depth. So pretty sure there's going to be numerous spoilers throughout our discussion. So uh, switch off now, go watch the movie because it's great. Just as a bit of a spoiler there. Um, and come back after you've seen the movie or just keep listening if you couldn't give a shit. So, um, yeah. So, I guess let's kick off with just some general thoughts around um, the movie in general. Dan, what, what did you, uh, what was your overall impression, thoughts, likes, you know, of, uh, of the Batman? Well, I think under Christopher Nolan, I didn't realize that any Batman movie could get even grittier and darker, and yet Matt Reeves and uh, R. Pats have somehow managed that. Um, I think the 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 kind of the action scenes are very reminiscent of the fact that Matt Reeves uses so many different camera angles. If if you've ever watched uh, Cloverfield and the Planet of the Apes films that he helmed, there's a lot of realism. I think there's a lot. It's almost stomach-churning, the angles that are created in the chase sequences that potentially set this aside from the other films, as well as the characters being, I think, a little bit more slightly based in reality despite the Arkham Asylum aesthetic um, I thought there's a lot of um, interesting plot threads which hadn't been done before uh, particularly around his the background of his parents I'm not going to kind of go into the spoilers but um, yeah 
it was um yeah and and again more detective based so it felt like it was a much slow burner i know that there's quite a bit of violence in it but perhaps less action than the other films but probably all the better for it hmm. it was it was a 15 wasn't it this one which i think yeah, is probably the, think high, so. the, highest, the highest of all the I don't think there's been a 15 Batman film before, has there? Or, or was one of the known ones a 15? I think they're PG-13, but I could mm. be wrong. Mm. So, Mr. Jose Francois, thoughts around the Batman? Hi. Um, well, it's definitely, in my opinion, my favourite of all of the Batman films. Wow. Ooh. Okay. I've been made so far. Okay. Um, I might maybe, you know, on review of a few of the others, maybe I would change my mind a little bit because I think... Too late. (laughs) I think the more recent ones, especially the Christian... A lot of them I've only seen once. Like the early Tim Burton ones I've seen multiple times. But, well, the first first three, not the fourth one, I've only seen it once. And Batman Begins, I've seen twice, but the other two, Christopher Nolan, I've only seen them once because I wasn't really compelled to go back and watch them again. Uh, but this had an imp- left an impression on me first time viewing that was just much bigger than all the others, apart from maybe that first Tim Burton film. Sorry, when you say the first three, you mean the Tim first, the Tim, the, the two Tim Burton, the Tim Burton and, and the Joel Watson, okay. Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I sort of see those all as being Tim Burton films, even only two of them are Tim Burton films, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, that group, and then there's the Nolan ones, and then there's this one. So, um, so yeah, my thoughts were it was a really good movie, um, and it had me riveted to my seat, and I was really immersed. And it was a movie night like I've not experienced for a while. I say that, but it's like I had the same when I saw Dune. It's nice to go to the cinema and really be immersed in a film and be into that movie and not trying to double guess the plot line or, you know, Mm. looking at flaws in it all the time, just enjoying the film. And I feel like it's not that often that we get there anymore. So, yeah. when you talk about that level of immersion, because I I found that as well, and funny you say June, same sort of thing. I kind of just sat in there and was just engulfed by everything that was the movie. And I and do you think part of that was because a lot of people complain about the length of of uh, the Batman, and um and I actually didn't know how long the movie was until after I came out of the cinema. I looked at my watch and went, oh wow, like been three hours gone. Um. But it didn't feel like three hours. I was, I was just, you know, just totally immersed in it. And do you think that level of immersion came from it being such a long journey? If that makes um, sense, do you know, do you know what I mean? I maybe not so much that as for me. I thought that the action, the cinematography, and the audio were very well integrated. Yeah, and and that I think had a lot to do with it for me. Like it really, they worked together very, very well. It didn't feel like. You know, often with a movie, you can really separate the soundtrack from what's going on on screen where, you you know, you're aware that the film's been made and then they scored it. And it felt like that was different, even though the process wasn't different this time. It felt like the yeah. score really worked well with what was going on screen. I think that has an awful lot to do with it. And again, like, like as you mentioned, June, it's, it's that. Because at the moment, I'm, I work with um, uh, audio and sound designers and 
they've been very complimentary of Dune and the Batman in terms of the score and how the score isn't just, like you say, something that's done separate from the movie where, you know, it feels like it's fully integrated into every single sequence of the thing, of the film mm. that's going on. And it just gives you um, kind of hard to, I don't know, for me, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's that level of emotional connection to each and every frame of the film that's going on at any one point, whether it's light, dark, violent, quiet, all I, that I stuff, it kind of... One of the things that's been sort of leveled at um, Zimmer soundtracks is that they're not really soundtracks, they're just a sequence of noises that match the film. Yeah. Uh, And it's quite hard to hum a Zimmer tune. (laughs) But I think in this case, it worked really well. To me, it was like a combination of the bits of the Imperial March and bits of Terminator. Mm. Right. There was was that feel to it. And, And that was just absolutely right. Like maybe Batman shouldn't have a theme. Maybe he mm. just has scary music, you know? There was definitely um, a, a consistent theme throughout it, though. Not, I say not, not theme music, but there was, a, there was yeah. definitely a, a consistent hook. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, so, so it had it had that, but I couldn't really hum it back to you or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, you know? but you'd know um, it if you heard it. Yeah, it felt yeah. like darkness and shadows. <laughs> <laughs> did so, it feel like vengeance, Dennis? It felt like vengeance. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, so yeah, I think that was a big part of it for me. It really, I, I before we started up the this this podcast, I asked Gavin if he had any thoughts about it, and he said that he what as a testament to the film, he really struggled with finding a right moment to go to the bathroom because it's wow. a really long movie. Yeah, and you know, you know, and he added to that, bring back intermissions, please, for long films. <laughs> but because it's the kind of film, like some films, it's easy to just get up, go to the bathroom, come back, you miss three minutes, whatever. But this was one where he just didn't want to do it. And of course he picked the wrong moment to do uh, it. But I think it would have been very hard to find the right moment to do it in this film. Yeah, because it's pretty relentless. And and again, I think that's, uh, you know, I didn't notice it was, it was three hours long until I came out of the cinema. But because it was so relentless, even when it gets to the kind of false finish moments, it it still just kind of keeps going, keeps going, keep, and it doesn't really let up for the whole for the, the whole movie. So, mm. so you know, obviously, there's been a fair few Batman movies. Um, I think you know, there's been a fair few Batman as well. You you know, what are your thoughts on Patterson's version of? Batman slash Bruce Wayne, do we separate them out? I mean, maybe we do because, you know, I think there's I think there's an argument for some actors have played Bruce Wayne better than they played Batman or vice versa. Um, or should you I'm, separate them out? So I'm going to jump in and yeah. quote my friends, Zach and Joel, mm-hmm. big up yourselves, who, who say, um, best Batman, but worst Bruce Wayne, they were both grumpy emos. <laughs> the number of times I've heard, the number of times I've heard the word, heard the word emo used to, in description of this movie or parts, or especially in our past performance of you know. But he's meant person. to be like year two Batman. He's still a young Bruce Wayne. He hasn't yeah. become a playboy yet. He hasn't he hasn't found the value of that persona. He's just too hell bent on vengeance, and he doesn't. And and I think that's part of the development in the film where he realizes. That yes. actually, it's not just that. You need to have something more. You need to be able to separate out, you know, the personas. So if there was like a 
a year three, then maybe we'd start to see the Bruce Wayne, which is a bit more like Tony Stark, you know, like a playboy millionaire with, you know, women hanging off his arms and fast cars, you know, but he's not that Batman. He's not that Bruce Wayne yet. Yeah. I, I, I feel, I feel like depending on where they take this character, his story arc through the next two films, if they do do a trilogy, I believe they're supposed to be doing a trilogy. I think I'd be interested to see if this version of Bruce Wayne will be seen in a much more forgiving light. If the if the character arc goes the way I think it's going to go in in terms of what you just said, in terms of him learning how to be the millionaire playboy, put that mask on, and learn how to do all that, then it would actually make sense for him to have been the way he was in the first movie. But um, what do you think, Dan? What, what are your thoughts on our Pat's interpretation? Well, first of all, I love the aesthetic. I, I, I don't know. I've never. I don't think there's any one Batman film prior to this where I've felt that the actual costume, the get-up, was perfect, close to perfect on a number of occasions. But even the Christopher Nolan films, I wasn't a, a big fan of the actual suit and cowl that was depicted in those i actually prefer the the tim burton movies but mm. for this for this film i thought he looked absolutely incredible like that that to me is the batman that i've always had in my head that's how batman should look like um i think the the acting side of things what what was interesting was it was a lot more effortless than christian bale i don't feel like he had to you know, transition from Bruce Wayne to Batman, it there, there was something a little bit more normal about it, and and a, and a bit more. Again, I, I know I've said this already. It, it just felt a little bit more realistic, and obviously that I appreciate that this is well established in the comics. But as Dennis was saying, the fact he hasn't embraced the kind of his his billionaire background and is already kind of conflicted by it and becomes even more conflicted by what he finds out about his his father and even some of the um things he finds out about his mother it it plays into this kind of almost like a, a kind of toxic mixture of what his identity and and his family means which i i don't think has been explored in other films. You know, it's, it's pretty it's pretty black and white if you look at the the Tim Burton and the um Christopher Nolan films where you know, his his parents they died and and the tragedy is around their death. Mm. But in terms of their their background and legacy and Wayne Enterprises, they they're just these rich billionaire family and there's there's no, there's no more texture to it than that whereas this time around you know why i think it feels a little bit you know why people say the word emo is because he's completely at odds with his character like i don't feel he's found his stride yet as batman he he knows he wants vengeance he knows he wants to keep the streets safe he knows you know he wants to kind of carry on some kind of burden or legacy um, about keeping the city safe but I don't feel like he's in, entirely happy with the path he's on he, he doesn't 
he's not whole and you know our pats does a fantastic job of that and i again like i know we, we probably discussed the casting um over text and other kind of calls and probably even podcasts we, we've talked about it um i didn't know what to expect from him but but because of the fact that so many people hated on Heath Ledger and he turned out to be absolutely incredible. I knew, you know, I knew to kind of sit this one, you know, without judgment and then embrace it when he came to that role and he just did not disappoint on any level. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was actually quite looking forward to seeing what he would bring to the table because I know he's been... You know, everyone, the automatic thing of everyone is to do the whole, oh, the Twilight dude, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. Forgetting that that movie was like, God knows how long ago, and he's done a lot of different, and a wide variety of movies, well, on the indies and and all sorts of stuff, and he's been really sort of plying his trade. So I I thought he'd bring something pretty unique and, and uh, original to, to the role, and I think you know just to echo both of what you guys have said you know he, that they've they've done something very different in terms of you know Bruce's parents aren't the perfect people that they have been in all the previous movies we're not going to get the shiny millionaire playboy you know whatever it is that we've seen in all the previous movies this is a different Bruce Wayne this is a younger Bruce Wayne this is a still emotionally damaged I mean he's always emotionally damaged to be fair, but um, he's a you know a younger, less experienced, much more prone to mistakes. Doesn't quite know where he fits in version of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So you know it's 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 good to see that on the big screen and good to see them exploring that. And I'm super keen that again you know just to kind of see where they go with it. Um, so our pats, bit of a thumbs up from from all of us there. What about um, the the rogues gallery um, in this this movie? Um, so we had obviously Penguin, completely unrecognizable. Colin Farrell uh, was in there. Um, you know what? What did we think of uh, the other villains? You know, Joker popped up in there as well. Riddler obviously was the main uh, main antagonist. Um, what are your thoughts on on the villains that we got to see in there, Dan? So I loved Paul Dano. I mean, I'm a fan of Paul Dano, every, everything he's ever done. I think he's an absolutely incredible actor. And his performance, I wouldn't say it, it in parts, was, was equal to Heath Ledger's Joker. There were moments where he, he just held the screen. You couldn't look away. He was so encapsulating his, his performance as the Riddler. The only thing I didn't really, I, I guess the only criticism is I didn't really like the look of the Riddler. You know, I, I kind of, I appreciated his, his kind of backstory, his background uh, and his motivations. I think there was so much to kind of, you know, to buy into on that stage, but he, his, yeah, it was, there was a lot to do with, Every time I think about him, I just keep thinking of sticky tape, and oh, I've got to buy some more gaffer tape because, <laughs> you know, his, his his kind of DIY look was a, a bit strange. But 
Do you think that is because they were sort of desperately trying to think of how do you make the idea of a character like the Riddler and the Penguin, for that matter, relevant in a modern time? You say and, agree- ca- and not and not camp. You say in a green leotard and work in twenty twenty two. I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> I just <laughs> there's a certain sort of camp and comedic value to to yeah. the pet Riddler, which if you're going to make a dark movie you know, what are your options to do what they did here or to go with the Jim Carrey version? Damn. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, there, is there it a middle ground between? Fun, no. <laughs> I, I get what you mean, Dan, no. but, you know, I did feel like the Riddler in this film was a better Bane than Bane was. Ooh. Ooh. Like, because at least we could understand what he was saying. Well, yeah. But, I mean, that voice, I mean, that voice is pure comedy, though. That Bane voice. Yeah, I mean, but it felt, he felt more like Bane than the Riddler. You know, because I mean, we're all just used to this camp Riddler performance that uh, mm. in every, not just, you know, in any in any Batman movie or in any Batman rendition, whether it's cartoon, comic, but whatever, the Riddler is always a bit of a sort of a camp, uh, humorous character. Um, and But not in the way that the Joker is. The jo- Joker's insane. You know, but Ridley never never comes across that way. And in this yeah. one, he comes across as dark and dangerous, really and terrifying, and terrifying. Yeah. So, I, I, at which point, I will say that the opening 15, 20 minutes of the film I thought were terrifying. They were better than most horror films. That opening sequence where he's sort of standing in the background of the of the room with the counselor or whatever yeah. is in there, that yes. is like the best of the best horror movies that moment. Uh-huh. And I would never have thought of casting the Riddler like that. Mm, you know, true. I'd have thought of casting Joker like that, maybe. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that that was interesting. I thought it was refreshing, actually. Hmm. So. It was similar with Catwoman because Catwoman kind of had parts of of the the what we would associate with the usual Catwoman outfits, and she was wearing kind of you know tight black clothing, but. It stopped short of having like pointy ears. You know, she had, she clearly had. I don't know. We we, we were talking about this before, weren't we, TJ? I didn't don't actually know how many cats she had. Like, but it was one. That's like three, I think. As a fair number, but um, they they didn't go down that that route. It's like it's like even with um, Colin Farrell, who I felt had the most comic book look to him because of the transformation, hmm. but. He didn't squawk. He didn't waddle. He was probably much more the, you know, the the English uh, kind of gangster version of the Penguin that was kind of consistent with with a lot of the comics. Didn't um, they? Didn't they mention? Didn't they make a mention about um, what's the name? Drinking milk, though. I think that's probably the the, the biggest kind of Catwoman esque <laughs> kind of hint. Um, she made some reference to drinking milk. I can't remember what it was. Do they even refer to her as Catwoman in the film? I don't think so. No, it's just Selena Kyle. Yeah, no, I don't think they do. Yeah, so what about, obviously, you had the old classic Falcone-type gangsters, and there was a slight mention of the um, Court of Owls as well, which I thought bodes well for any future iterations of the movie. Um, can I just ask a question? Like, okay. how can anyone not think that anyone called Falcone isn't a gangster? 
It's the pretty much the most gangster name, name. Yeah. of all the gangsters that you can yeah. think of. What's it's the other unless, one? Unless you've got a middle name in in uh, apostrophes, which is Knuckles. <laughs> I I think that you know that's a bit of a giveaway. The name, just a little bit, yeah, possibly. What, um, what's, what's the other one? It's Falcone, and there's a there's a second big, the guy who's essentially at the start of it. He's behind bars, isn't he? Because they yes. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I forget now. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. But that's also see. Famous. I thought I yeah. thought that of actually. If I was going to find a down, a negative point to the film, I did the, think the well, whole storyline was convoluted. This is this is going to be my next question, actually. So we've been pretty showing it in, you know, pretty glowing praise so far. What were your kind of bugbears in the movie? Obviously, it wasn't perfect. So, Dennis, as you as you started off, what are well, your? Well, I, I mean, I've got other high points of the movie, but I'll go to but. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I know a lot of people have grumbled about its length. I don't know why, because a lot of movies are two hours and 45 or even three hours. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a very, literally a very dark film. Like, <laughs> visually, really, really dark. It's um, raining yeah, for, like, 95% of the time in the movie yeah, as well. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really even have a problem with that, to be honest. I thought the, the plot was somewhat convoluted, and, like, I was sort of like, so... Who's the stool pigeon? Who's the the rat? Who and what is that? Why is that relevant if it's the main guy? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like I couldn't really hold it. I couldn't hold all the elements in my head and understand why there was a problem because of it. Other than you know, criminals don't rat each other out. That was that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, but okay, it kind of works. It's not the strongest of motivations behind everything to me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but it's better than just because. So, yeah, there's that. Because some people just want to watch the world burn. Um, Dan, problems with the movie? Yeah, so I actually thought, Dennis, you were going to talk about why Selena Kyle had to be Falcone's daughter. Well, there's there's, there's that too. Like, that yeah, seemed that, like that an works. unnecessary connection. Mm. Um, which isn't from the comic books at all, and not that it has to be, um, but that seemed like maybe it was unnecessary. I guess it was to give give it, yeah. I mean, I guess just kind of tying that whole thing up kind of gave her a bit more of an emotional, emotionally driven story arc. But you're right. Did, did they need that to be in there? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I think the biggest, the only negative I'd say, and this is, it, it it's barely even counts as a negative because we still don't know. There's there's still room for this to happen, but as as a fanboy of the Joker film, uh, the recent Joker film uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, I really wanted there to be some connection between the two entities, even if it just turns out that uh, the Joker at the end of the film was somehow influenced by Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. That, jo- that Joker was like a proto-Joker to the the Joker mm. we know and love, who's the Clown Prince of Darkness. And But it sounds from what you read from interviews with Matt Reeves that the... I forget who the, the Joker's played by um, in this Oh, I can't remember. If that's who it is at the end, ha ha ha. 
yeah. Well, he he's kind of said that 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 in itself, that character is um, a proto Joker, as in it's Joker before he's fully become um, Joker. Yeah, exactly. That so that kind of dispels any chance that oh, it's Barry Keown. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, so that kind of dispels any kind of connection with the actual Whacking Phoenix film, which is, it, it was just a shame. Like, I just felt like even if it was a very small connection that they, they could have done that. But um, Did you guys see the um, deleted scene with the Batman interviewing the Joker? That's been yeah. floating around. What are your thoughts on that? Did you think they should have left that one in or better without it? Um, Probably, I don't think it was necessary, but it wouldn't have harmed either. Yeah. Did you get to see it? it, No, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Check check it out. It's it's very interesting. But um, yeah, I think Dan's right. It it wasn't completely necessary for it to be in there. And And in fact, if anything, I kind of prefer the little, tiny little cameo of Joker at the end. Proto Joker at the end, I thought was worked a bit better. Um, cool. So, um, I, I mean, I guess that kind of segues a little bit into, you know, do you think that this Batman should exist within, somehow exist within the rest of the DCU, DCEU, whatever they call it? Um, or is it better kind of sitting outside of the whole thing or? You know, would you like to see? I mean, Danny, obviously, you said you would have liked to see the connection with Joker. You know, they're still doing Justice League, Flash, all that kind of stuff. Well, it, it I mean, sounds obviously, obviously, like. Go on, sorry. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. It, okay. it sounds as though they're going to build quite a few different series around this because they plan on doing an Arkham Asylum, they plan on doing some kind of Jim Gordon origin story. Um, So there's a show and also one for the uh, Penguin, which actually is meant to star Colin Farrell. Now, those are rumours. You never know if those things are actually going to pan out. But there's at least three, maybe four shows that they seem to be planning around this film that will presumably be canon in one way or another from what I've read. But... Again, you, you never know with DC. They're they're very good at taking something awesome and completely throwing it down the drain. What about you, Dennis? What do you what do you have, do you think it should exist on its own in its own space, or are you looking to well, first get of all, I, of Batman Batman universe or why? I kind of universe? I see where Dan was coming from with his comments about the Joker. I felt it could very much live in that same universe as a Joker film. It had the same feeling to me. I don't know. It just that they could have linked those two films if they wanted to. Um, I think DC needs to decide if they want to just do standalone films, if they want to link everything together. It's just, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'd want to see it with more. I think a world of just Batman on its own could be a bit dull. Hmm. Some of the things which make, Batman interesting as a character is when you do that juxtaposition of him against other characters like Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, whatever, who will have powers and yet he can stay 
in the same league as them because he is clever, because, you know, he's got the gadgets, because he's sneaky. And mm. without them to sort of compare to, he's quite normal, um, mm. which is all right in itself. So I, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I just wanted to, to wheel back round to other things I liked about the film. There's two other things yeah. I need to mention. One of them is just there, is that, this is the one of the first times we see a clever Batman, the world's greatest detective. He solves those riddles instantly. He thinks his way through. He knows what he's doing. And he's quite young as well. And that's something that's been missing from more recent Batman's films. Where, Can I, as, I've, as I've said before, in the Christopher Nolan ones, he punches and spends his way to solving true. problems. True. Can I, can I just interject, though? He is very clever, and he does solve those riddles stupidly quick. Um, however, one thing that did charmy a little bit was I think uh what it what was it the murder weapon that was the carpentry tool mm. I didn't understand like it just took some random policeman to go oh yeah I know what that is my brother's a carpenter blah blah, blah whatever <laughs> I like uh, did no one think to kind of uh, Come to the carpet. Google it or say, oh, I wonder what this is. It, it, you know, like that blew my mind a little bit that it took someone to randomly shout out what it was and he didn't go, okay, this was the murder weapon that was used. It looks a bit weird. Let me do some research and figure out what it is. Or am I being a dick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a valid point. <laughs> I, like, and, and I, I, I think I rationalised that by by saying to myself, well... It's you two, Batman. He makes mistakes throughout the movie uh, here and there. Like, he is very clever, but he is also prone to mistakes. This is part of the learning process of him, you know, working stuff out. But that one kind of irked me a bit because that just kind of felt like basic shit, man. Mm. Am I I wrong? (laughs) Um... That we at that point we get to the whole convoluted plot bit again, don't we? Well, yeah, that's true. You know, um, I do think you know again, and it's also just as a, as shortly thereafter, the whole bringing him into the light stuff shows an incredible amount of foresight on the part of the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but at that point, when you start questioning, I think things like that in a superhero movie, then it does all very yeah. rapidly start to fall <laughs> apart, doesn't it? Um, the other part of this film that I really liked was the appearance of the Batmobile. Yeah, that that hit different. That was which was which was the moment that Gavin chose to go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> no. you missed that, and that was just oh, like poor Gavin. <laughs> audio and visuals. That was cool. That was just right. Do you know what I mean? It's just great. I mean, in the end, it's just a car with a dirty, great big engine and armor plating or whatever. But I like that. It's like a proto Batmobile. It's just like that was very cool. That was. It was. It was. Yeah. That that was definitely like a part of the movie that stuck with me, possibly the most. Because again, like you say, the the sound design around that, and I went to see an IMAX with you know the Dolby um, Atmos and all that kind of stuff, and it just like you just felt the weight of the vehicle, like in everything that it did. Um, and yeah, and it just, it was just such a great moment um, in the way that it was just put together. And then the chase sequence was excellent. And yeah, no, that was, that was, that was awesome. Absolutely loved that. Um, what about you, Dan? Was there any like moments in the movie that kind of stuck with you? 
you when you came out, you were like texting friends, going, "Oh my god, da 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 da, whatever." What what was the was your big moment? Oh god, I mean, I thought the the flooding was quite interesting. Yeah, um, because I'm trying to think. I didn't expect that to happen. No, so it was. was like, I thought he was going to save the day, and it was like, "Oh shit, they're actually doing this." Thing. I've had a certain amount of feedback from people I know who said that that's part of the whole thing they didn't really care for. Like they thought it was a bit of a stupid doomsday plot. That's where it becomes campy. Oh, and now we're going to flood the city. Um, and wasn't that kind of the plot of the last Nolan film? Uh... No, that was the, the last Nolan film involved. Like blew up bombing, bombing blew blowing people. up bridges, and I don't know. They felt like there might have been some similarity there. I don't know. <laughs> While I was watching it, but I've only seen that Nolan from once, so I was probably misremembering it. Isn't that uh, the plot of like most Batman movies, though? Like someone's mm. trying to destroy the city and kill shitloads of people in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like we're not doing like sixties TV series. Someone's trying to rob a bank yeah. anymore. We're now talking about people that are trying to wipe Gotham from the face of the earth. So, so when you think in about every it, it's movie. Not- there's not that much difference between a Batman film and a Bruce Willis diehard film. Because <laughs> um, didn't um, Raz Al Ghul, I can't remember, they were using the fear toxin on the entire of Gotham, but I can't That's... remember. Yeah. What, oh, yeah. Why? What, what, to what end that was? But yeah, there, there, there is always some kind of apocalyptic focus to what they want to do to the I city. Think... I think he was just trying to drive everyone mad, wasn't he? Because they had the train driving through that was like exploding the water pressure system and then it was spraying the stuff everywhere and everyone was going nuts. I think he was just trying to induce fear in everyone or something. But yeah, it it was like the, you know, and I think they also closed off the city, the center of the city from, or something like that in that film as well. Yeah. Actually, in in Dark Knight Rises... Dennis, you're right. They they blow up all the, the they they blow up all the bridges because they they decide to isolate Gotham completely, yeah. which is which which also happens in the TV series Gotham. Um, yeah. yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How they keep returning to the same things, and then they were going to blow up Gotham with a enormous. I'm sure they're going to flood it as well. Didn't they destroy the dam or something? Got so much, so, yeah. so much going and, on, and, and 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 this is where I come to. I think that without being in a large universe with other allies and other characters, the, whilst Batman itself is very interesting, like you know the whole psyche of him, and he's got a great um, rogue gallery, it gets uninteresting very quickly. Well, I mean, if you're going to try and blow up the city every time, if every villain's trying to blow mm. up the city, then yeah, it's going to get really, really boring. But it's, it's mean, like. The first time you have a Riddler story, interesting. There's this guy that does deadly riddles. The first time you have a Joker story, interesting. The first time you have a Penguin story, interesting. But the second time you have stories with those characters, it's like, oh, it's this guy again with his riddles. <laughs> oh, it's this guy again with his funny poison makeup. Oh, it's this guy again with his fear toxin. Um, and you need a bit more than that. And it's unlike, for instance, if you compare it to Spider-Man, who has got a massive and really cool rogues gallery, it's just not as wide and Spider-Man has always lived in a world where there's other heroes around him. So there's a lot more yeah. to work with. Um, I mean, there's so much you can do with Batman. That's like, But a lot of the best Batman stories in the comics involve other characters. 
Not Mr. Freeze him. can try and freeze the city again. Which, <laughs> oh, wait, no, he did that already. Oh, yeah, that was Batman Forever. Oh, God. It yeah. was. <laughs> I think, I think... Take over the city with vegetation. <laughs> I think what they need to do, kind of, if, if they are going to do another two films, is I think The Court of Owls would be brilliant. I'd love yeah. to see that storyline. Um, I'd love to see Man Bat. Um, I'd, I'd like to see characters that I've never seen before in any Batman film and story arcs I've never seen before because in that discussion in that couple of minutes it just shows that we have seen all of these characters almost to death in so many different versions not not just um, on screen but um, on the small screen on TV shows so it would be nice um, to get some different villains whilst maybe kind of incorporating the occasional iconic uh, bad guy. But my issue is if they're all going to be portrayed as hyper-realistic, that kind of only goes so far. Like, how they what, what's Killer Croc going to be? Uh, you know... Just some guy who really likes crocodile leather and just wanders around <laughs> in expensive leather suits. suits. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. It's like there are some characters that you just can't bring to life without making them what they are in the comics, which is incredibly hmm. um, far-fetched, ridiculous, campy, over-the-top villains. I mean, Gorilla Grodd. In you know, as an example, but I suppose that's more the Flash than it is Batman. But yeah, I don't know how. I think yeah, to, to your point, like the Court of Owls thing, I think is uh, it looks like that's the way they're going. I think that would be the way to go to do something a bit different, and also with the stuff that they're doing with you know the Arkham's and the Waynes and the founding of the city and all that kind of stuff. I think that kind of opens it up to you know something other than a doomsday someone's trying to blow up the city type scenario um i mean what that would involve i i, I don't know but um but yeah it'd be interesting to kind of see because i don't think because they haven't touched court of owls in any of the movies i think they, they did it in the cartoon um but i don't think they did it in the like gotham tv series or anything like that either so court of owls would be pretty fresh and new um cool okay uh, so I think for kind of final ish question, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about the movie um, stuff that you like. Yeah, I, one other thing I'd mention is I'm actually mm. not so sure about the kind of retelling or this version of Catwoman. I didn't find there anything. I didn't find there to be anything compelling about her. I think over the over recent years and recent tellings of the Batman story, they've definitely shifted Selina Kyle away from vin, villain to anti-hero hmm. to sort of co-collaborator. And it's not really that interesting. Like I she doesn't like- seem to have a, a, a like an ulterior motive or a second plan or something. We, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to see a villainous Catwoman. I quite like the chemistry between her and our pets, but I do I do see what you mean. She she have she has been um, diluted like the, somewhat. They they, they fall in together very easily. I feel they fell in together like she was never 
I don't know. There could have been something a bit more there that would have made it more interesting. It's hard to say. Well, I think I feel like they kind of wanted us to sympathise with her character pretty much from the get go. So there was no, mm-hmm. there was no sort of oh she's a villain, she's stealing from people or whatever it is, or she's a horrible person. It was very much she's a girl that works in a mm. bar and gets harassed by bosses and yada yada yada. So. She was made to made up to be very sympathetic from day one. She didn't seem to have any, you know, mm. villainous An edge. Um, yeah, no villainous edge to it. I mean, she was stealing stuff, but I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things of what's going on in, in that Gotham, that version of Gotham that was was nothing. So yeah. Well, no, she was stealing from criminals. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah, immediately makes it her likable, whereas it would have been a lot more Interesting because the way in, in other kind of um, narratives, the way she usually crosses paths with Bruce is if she if she is um, stealing from the poor and stealing from other billionaires and things like that. That's that's a, li- a little bit more interesting because mm. it's you can be slightly sympathetic towards it, but you know she's still a stonewall criminal, mm. or she, or have a working alongside one of the other criminals stealing from the penguin or something like that, then you can kind of, and then try and maybe draw it back in. But yeah, yeah. she was uh, definitely played out to the, the The other thing about the film that I just want to mention, I think it's definitely worth mentioning. I thought the, the depiction of Gotham itself was one of the better ones along there with, right up there with um, Batman Begins and the first mm-hmm. Tim Burton Batman movie. And I, I see one thing I don't think, Christopher Nolan did very well in the subsequent films. Like in Batman Begins, it's good. But in the other two, I don't think... Gotham just feels like New York in those films. Mm. This, what I liked is that it kind of felt like New York because they very clearly had a Times Square, but it was a Gotham Square. Do you know what I mean? And it, mm. it really felt Gotham-y. And I liked, that I liked. I, I really felt I was in Gotham City, not just New York City or Metropolis. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, go... I mean, Gotham's a grim place to be, man. <laughs> anytime I've seen it depicted like in the the way you said in the movies, uh, Batman Begins and, and this one, um, and the first Batman movie, it just like, I, whenever I see it depicted, it just feels depressing to be, to be in that city. Um, and obviously, that's I guess that's kind of the point. It's riddled with crime, and you know, Batman's the only one that can save him, all that kind of stuff, but. But um, I did. I did like it in terms of that depiction. Was I think it's at the at the beginning where you've got the different criminals doing different criminal activities or whatever it is, and all of them just look into like a doorway or like a down an alleyway, and it's just darkness. And like yes. the, way did, the way they did that was so smart because it was just like, oh, it's going to come out of it. It's going to come out of it, and that, that was really, really, really cool. I, I loved that that kind of introduction into the city and. Um, into the start of the movie. Yeah. What did you both think of Andy Serkis as Alfred? Um, I thought he was okay. I don't know that I... I don't feel like I got to see enough of him as as a Alfred that I know, I, if that makes any sense. Like, he was kind of there, but he didn't really... I don't know, he didn't really... Um, have a positive or negative effect on, on my enjoyment of the film. I thought it was okay, but 
I don't know that he got utilised very well. Dennis, what do you think? Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it, it, he could have been an older version of the Alfred from the TV series. I got a similar yeah. Alfred vibe as the TV series, meaning Gotham TV series. Who was who was that? That was a Sean Pertwee. Yeah, I quite yeah. liked him. Actually. Like it, they could have easily had Sean Pertwee as Alfred. Yeah, in this, but the thing is, then it wouldn't have worked with the other characters and the way they're portrayed. True. Um, uh, yeah, but Dennis, how did you um, enjoy your role as Commissioner Gordon? Although he's not I, do you know, I love the role. I love playing that role, and it enjoy- I suit me much better than playing Felix Leiter or that nerd guy in the Hunger Games. Um, although my favourite role is still Bernard from, um, <laughs> you know. I I, 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 enjoy, I enjoyed your performance in uh, in the Batman. I must admit, it was uh, yeah. I was a bit of a shock to see you there, but you know, I, I, I rolled yeah, with it, and I was like, "Hey, I know that guy." And then everyone in the cinema looked at me weird, so I shut up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what did you guys think of uh, the the commish? Well, no, actually, not the commission. He well, he isn't at the beginning he, of the film. He, he is at the end, end isn't he? Yeah, by yeah. process of elimination. Um, I uh, it's a um, I, I liked it. I thought I thought it was a good mm. version of him. I thought it was a good version of him. So I, I think Gordon is quite an easy character to, to depict in terms of script. I'm not saying like easy character act, but I think he's quite easy to write. You know, he's like it's very clear what you know what that character is, and there's a little ambiguity about it. Just needs to be a good cop, basically. <laughs> yeah, who understands that a vigilante might be necessary from time to time. Yeah. And that's the only way in which he's really prepared to bend the rules. And even then, he it troubles him, mm. you know. Um, what so. about Carman, Carmine Falcone, played by? I always get the pronunciation wrong, but John Tuturo, is that right? John Tuturo, yeah. Uh, Tuturo, Tuturo. Yeah, it felt, he felt a bit extraneous to me. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I. It's weird. Every time I see him, I just think of him in comedy roles. So when he does something a bit more serious, I'm like, oh, okay. That's, I find it quite jarring. But what one thing threw me out of the movie just a little bit, um, and that was that nightclub. I don't know this for certain, but it felt like it was it was uh, shot at the Printworks in London. If you I don't know if you've ever been to <laughs> really? Printworks, yeah, it's like it, I'm. I know a, a bit. A portion of the film was shot in London, and I wonder if that was in Printworks because that's what Printworks is like. Exactly like that. This humongous space with multiple levels on the gallery around. Club you know, club. And yeah, and it it really felt like that's where that was. It may not have been, but that but uh, at that moment I was like, oh, actually, this is London. You know, there were definitely uh, parts of it that looked like reminded me of like Shoreditch East London area, mm. but I could be wrong. Mm. What, to press a good, no, to, I'm not going to say that actually. <laughs> but, but all round, you know, for me, thumbs up, good film. Hmm. Now put it to bed. We don't need any more Batman films. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> let's do something different. Thank you. Well, I'm afraid uh, they're going to probably disappoint you because I believe there are another uh, Patson signed up for two sequels. I believe. Right. So they are going to be doing the trilogy and I, again go, to go back to what I said at the start I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what I hope will be um, you know a, a progression of the character, his story arc, you know the changes in him through 
um, the three movies from depressed emo through to whatever he becomes towards the end, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it could, it could be really interesting. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it myself. So the question is, where do we put the RPATs, the Batman film, in our top four or five Batman films of all time? Oh, actually, before we do that, oh, let's do let's do a uh, Batman ranking, movie Batman ranking. So, I was in the actor. In the actor, sorry, the actor who played Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Ooh. Got Michael Keaton, George Clooney, R. Pats. Uh, who am I missing? What's his name? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. That's the one. And, and Ben um, Affleck. And what's his name from the Nolan films? Oh, yeah, well, Christian Bale. Yes, of course. Yeah. So out of, the, out of those well, three, don't, yeah. don't name all of them, but who's your top three out of those three? Do you know what? I This is controversial, but I actually really like the Ben Affleck Batman as an older Batman. That's not, I don't think that's, con- yeah, that's not I, controversial I, I, to I, me. Controversial. I, think, I think he Old was a great veteran. Yeah. 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 I think Michael Keaton was a great Bruce Wayne. Yep. Agree with that. Um, this guy is good as Batman, I think. So, R. Pat's best Batman, Keaton best Bruce Wayne, and Affleck best old grumpy grizzled yeah. veteran Batman. Both of them, yeah. He does both Batman and Bruce Wayne <laughs> really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What about you, Dad? I would. Ooh, I, I'd, if I was just looking at actors, then I would say. Bale, Bale the best all-rounder, Arpat second, Keaton third, Affleck fourth. Nice. I think I, I think I may have to mirror Dennis on this one because I did because I really did like Keaton's uh, Bruce Wayne. I thought it kind of hit the just the right tone um, for for the Bruce Wayne side of things. I really really like Arpat's Batman. Um, just it just got that you know just got that menacing, um, yeah, just um something about him as Batman just kind of worked for me, and yeah, I kind of like grizzled vet uh Ben Affleck as uh that kind of Return of the Dark Knight that kind of uh version yeah. of Batman kind of worked for me so yeah so yeah Dan uh the uh. Batman movies selection top five. Do you top want to kick off? Give us your top five in uh, reverse order. Oh, and like re- to be awkward. Oh, that is awkward. <laughs> um, fifth is probably Batman Begins. Okay. Fourth is. The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Third is Batman Returns. Okay. Second is the Batman. No, not Batman Returns. The B- Batman, not Batman Returns. Batman Returns is the one with the Joker, right? It's the, it's the, with the Riddler, the first one with the. No, 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 that's, no. Batman, that's Batman Forever. I, it's the one with the penguin. 
Yeah, but that's Batman Returns with Catwoman and Penguin. Right, okay. Yeah. okay. So not not Batman Returns, Batman, the first Michael Keaton yep. film. Um I've lost where I am now. That was number two. That was number two. What's your number one? Um Dark Knight. Yeah. Tied with the Batman. So this one isn't on your list? No, no, no tied with the Batman. Tied, tied, Batman. tied with the Batman, yeah. So, yeah. So, nice. So Mr. JF. Yes. JF? Okay. Jose, Franco- uh, Jose Francois. Uh, oh, you missed it. Oh, sure okay. <laughs> I, I thought you meant Jeff Wright. I don't, I don't think I've got a top five. I don't think I've got a top five. I might have okay. a top four. Unless okay, we were okay. going to start including animated versions, right? No. Which I'm not going to no, go into. No. So in fourth place, I'm going to go with Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Oh. <laughs> because I think the Batman think represented right. there, the Batman, we're talking about Batman films, right? As <laughs> Batman films go, I actually think that's quite good. Do you not want Batman versus Superman in there? No. <laughs> you sure? You can have sure. it. I'll let I'm you sure. have it. No. No. No, no, no. I think Batman, uh, it's, you know, it's not a Batman film, but I think his role in that film is about right. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's your okay. superpower? I'm okay. rich. Do you hang, know? hang on, hang on. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to veto this one because. Hey, hey, no, you can't veto stuff on my list. Because, Let me get on my list. Because we've said Batman movies. Yeah, we, we, Batman we, we, we already had. Choose your favorite Batman or the your order of your your top three Batman. You can't have a Justice League. You can't. No, that, no. But, but I told you there aren't that many good Batman films, so I had to fill the list out with something. Oh, uh, okay, all right. I'll make that. No, all right, then I'll make that, and I'll take that off the list. <laughs> then I'm going to put in Batman and Robin from the '60s as my as number four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. With Adam yeah. West and Burt Ward. With the shark repellent bat spray. That is, a, that is a great movie. Genius, right? Genius. That's not going in there. In third I'm, I'm, place. That's image now of him hanging off that helicopter. Exactly. Beating that oh, shark. So good. So good. In third place is Batman Begins for me. Yep. In second place is Batman as the first Tim Burton film. Yep. And in number one spot is this one. Nice. And, and again, interestingly, those three have that consistent, you know, Gotham City, yeah, that feeling. Those three have that feeling about them. They're, they're, it's where he shows brains as much as brawn. And, you know, it's just the character of the Batman hmm. is really important in that regard. I think they did justice to the comics quite well in those. Yeah. So, so hang on. There's one thing I just don't understand. Before we go to, go to your choice, TJ... What is wrong with the Dark Knight? Why don't you like the Dark Knight, Dennis? It just went on too long. It had too many endings. The voices are stupid. Like, how the hell did the Joker prep all of that stuff? How did he, on his own, fill up <laughs> hospital with explosions, fill up a, built, uh, uh, um, a boat with, with stuff? You know, it was just stretching my suspension of disbelief too far. How do you know who did it on his own? Yeah. They should have explained it better. Um, what, what, it just, it just didn't, those things didn't work. It visually looked amazing, right? Great film, great action sequences. But when you, if you, if you take, if you get away from that, like big screen, Christopher Nolan blockbusterness and blockbusteriness about it, and you really start to break it down, there's a lot of questions in those movies for me. You're gonna hate a my lot. list then. Hang on, 
What, what voices did you... You said voices. The voice of Batman. Did. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that whole yeah. sequence is just like, man, come on. Yeah. I just I just felt that there was... That film was a little bit overhyped. Maybe by the time I went to see it, I, everyone had just said how amazing it was. And I didn't walk away from that thing. I was like, oh, really? Okay. I don't know if it's as good as everybody seems to think it is. To, to me, it's, it's subjective, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't... Or, Let's just say I didn't enjoy it as much as I was expecting to. Can I just point out one thing? The opening sequence, not only the the kind of cinematography and scripting, but the soundtrack, because the soundtrack is notoriously badly mixed in the Nolan films, especially uh, Dark Knight Rises. But the soundtrack and the cinematography and the entire... Um, beginning sequence in that film is just absolute cinematic perfection not saying the rest of the film is up to that Mm. but the star is incredible yeah dan if you go back to an old episode of the liberation frequency where we talk about those films i think you'll find i said something like one of the problems i had with it was that it was too serious and too dark and what's interesting about this batman movie is it's actually as serious if not more serious and darker um, yeah, it worked for me. So I'm not sure that was my original, but I, I've never felt that that was like the best Batman movie ever. Hmm. You know, it didn't, you know, and I, when I think back to it and I've seen it, I've seen it only the once I've seen bits of it. I've never been compelled to go back and sit through and watch it again, which for me says everything. And again, I think it was that whole, he punches and spends his way through things and doesn't show a, even an iota of brains. Well, hang on, hang on. What what about the phone thing where he uses everyone's phones as a sonar? That was set up for him by by Morgan Freeman's character and his people. He was given that tech. He didn't design that and invent himself. He's money to to. to Yeah, he's. That's what I mean. He didn't. That wasn't like he designed it himself. (laughs) That was really a bit of the problem I had with it. So, okay, TJ, what what are your favourites? I kind of wish we hadn't had that whole discussion. Now I'm about to do my. Right, someone just fall over. That was that was me falling over. Well, let's fall over again because. Uh, So number five, I've got uh, Batman Returns. Number four, yeah, Batman. I don't know why I said it like that because. So number four, I got Batman Begins, uh, Nolan's first one. Really enjoyed that, as Dennis said. Gotham looks incredible, Um, and then two and three are kind of. So number three, I've got the Batman, um, and I've got Batman at my number two, and I've kind of gone by, you know, I could watch Batman, that Michael Keaton first one a million times and not get bored of it. The Batman, I don't know, probably, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it again, um, and yeah, so I, I feel like that may well be up there, those two may switch around. Uh, upon second viewing of the Batman, um, so basically your list is an incomprehensible jumble of Batman films. <laughs> Hang on, is that that no sense. Sense. Will, you, will you please stop shitting on my list? You already shouted enough. <laughs> I haven't even got to my number one yet. Oh. So, uh, and number one is uh, the Dark Knight because only because Dennis hates it so much. So I thought I'd just point it there. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just have to get it. Again, going based off of, you know, 
number of times I've watched it and, you know, I can watch it again and again and again. Absolutely loved it. Loved the tone of it. Again, you know, it's not perfect. Bell's voice in it is just like, oh, did, why, why, why did you do that? But, <laughs> you know, as has been said, Heath Ledger's performance as Joker, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Only possible, only possible exception to that would be Nicholson's Joker, but I don't know, maybe, I think I potentially prefer Heath Ledger's version. I don't know. Actually, maybe I don't prefer it. It's just very different, but, you know, um, yeah, just a just a gorgeous film and uh, my number one. So, screw you, Dennis. You know, well, you can say that, but you know, you know, when it comes to not thinking, at, you know, of through problems and having a stupid voice, he's actually worse than Jar Jar Binks in both of those. Oh, uh, you had to. You just, uh. <laughs> His voice is stupider than Jar Jar Binks' voice, and actually, can, Jar Jar shows more brains than he does in that film. Can we get through one podcast with you without mentioning Jar Jar Binks? Only if we can get through a podcast without you guys mentioning <laughs> professional wrestling. We, oh, we did until now. <laughs> Hang on. Revenge is best served up cold. I am vengeance. I am revenge. I said this at the beginning of the podcast. Did I not? Wow. You did, to be fair. I don't, I, I, Sorry, I was going to say, I'll just give a shout out for, for Dark Knight. Um, a shout out to... Uh, Aaron Eckhart, I thought he was a fantastic Two-Face as well. Yeah. Yeah, mm. very good chat, actually. I, You know, mm. I, again, I think, you know, yeah, the whole film just works really well for me. The, the maybe I should give it, him. maybe I should give it another watch, give it, an, you know, maybe in my senior years, I'll be a bit more forgiving. Yeah, maybe. Um, this will make you laugh, Dennis, going off on a slight tangent. I just bought the uh, Lego new Lego Star Wars game, and uh, decided to play because it's got all the different episodes in there as, as separate games within mm-hmm. the game. And I decided to play Phantom Menace as the first one. <laughs> okay. Uh, for some stupid reason, completely forgetting about the whole Jar Jar Binks thing, and I've literally earlier today just got into the level, the part of the level where Jar Jar Binks comes in. <laughs> just as irritating as the movie so <laughs> gotta deal wow. with that shit gotta deal with that shit until I and there's parts where you have to play as Jar Jar Binks uh, it's, I, yeah uh, if, <laughs> if, if I'd have bought a physical copy of the disc it might have gone through the window but unfortunately love I it. bought love it digitally it. so I, I have to just stick with it so yeah can I, can I give you a trivia a bit of trivia then go for it uh, based on what you it's not about Jar Jar Binks is it well, it's, yeah, it's, no, but um, what is the only link between the Batman films and Star Wars? Which Batman films and Star Wars? Any, just any. The only link? Yeah. Um, this is, these are the movies, so, so these are cinematic movies. Why don't you leave that as a question for your listeners to write in with the answers? Answers on a postcard too. Yeah, because uh, that requires there, some thoughts. Is there an actor that was in that require? Well, I was gonna. I was actually gonna say, is there an actor that brings unity to the franchises? I define the four big franchises as DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and Star Trek. And is there an actor that's been in all of them? I can find actors that have been in three of them. Idris Elba, for instance, has been in DC, Marvel, and Star Trek, but he's never been in Star Wars. 
There's um, there are actors like now I can't remember his game the guy name the guy who plays Parkman in Heroes who has been in Star Wars Star oh, Trek yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Marvel I believe but he's he never been in a DC film um, so there's one or two actors that have been in three but I've not come found or thought of anyone who's been in all four of those franchises. Huh. Well, they're no. actually that. Wow, well, this is speculation, but. Oh. <laughs> they they've said that uh, you know Richard Madden, who's in Hammer uh, Witch of the Starks. It's not John Stark, is it? John? No, it's not John Stark. It's his brother, one of the oh. Starks. Anyway, from oh, Game right, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the connection is um, is Gollum, isn't it? He plays Snoke and he plays Alfred. What's his name? You said it. Earlier. Oh, Andy Circus. Yeah, Andy Circus. Ah, that's that's one I hadn't even thought of. No, it's not oh, does that. He play, does he play Snoke? Yeah, Snoke. Snoke yeah, he does. Snoke. Yeah. Oh, wow. In fact, he's in three of the franchises because he's in Marvel. He's 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 um, Claw, isn't he? In he's Claw. Yeah. Is he and in DC? Uh, not that I know of. Sorry. Right, yes, he is. He's in DC. Sorry. Wait. He's in Batman as Alfred. Oh yeah. But he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's oh. not in Star Trek. No, that's true. No, that's, yeah. Ooh. So hang on, do you want the answer to my question? <laughs> go on, yeah, go, go on. for it, go for it. So um, it's Billy D. Williams. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, because he plays the commission. He plays what well, the police chief, isn't he? In yeah, one of plays, right, films, yeah. Harvey Dent. He plays oh, Harvey, yes, Dent. Harvey Dent. Yes. Yes. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey Dent, yeah. But he's not the only connection. I bet we could figure a few others out as well. Actually, the, yeah. There, there's more likely to be. Yeah. A few, but so I, probably, I just want to give probably a... someone who's like a key grip or something like. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people who who dressed up as stormtroopers. There's a lot of famous sure. actors yeah. and even fucking royals who have done it. And Daniel so... did it as well. He did a yeah, yeah. In he's the one that gets for... he gets force yeah. choked by yes. Ray. I think is it force controlled. Yeah, yeah. Or influence. Yeah, Jedi mind trick. Cool. Right. Well, I think on that bombshell of information that is useful to the three of us, um, I think that's it. Uh, thanks for your input, gentlemen, into the world of Batman. Um, and uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you guys next time. Okay. Take it easy. Take it easy. Bye. Oh, I've got to press stop, haven't I?